Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Isn't he wonderful? I thank him for everything he does for me. He gives me life. He gives me great testimonies. I tell you, uh, there are great things God is doing, and uh, I enjoy walking through life the way it comes. I get it straight, and uh, God gives it to me according to his will and his glory. And I lift him up for all the things he does because he's a great God. He's a great provider. And I don't have to have what I have today, but uh, he has blessed me. He's blessed this church and to keep the lights on and for a good pastor and uh, giving me an opportunity to raise God up. And uh, I, uh, I thank my pastor, and uh, I love him, and I love the people of this church. Uh, What a great atmosphere we have tonight. God is going to do great things, and uh, I want to jump directly into the Word and allow God to have His anointing on this Word. Uh, It's something that God has pressed upon my heart and uh, really anointed uh, the Word for for us all. So uh, you can have a seed and... uh, we're just going to jump right into the word and allow allow God's anointing to fall onto these lips and uh, allow God to work in my soul. Uh, he's been working in my life personally, and uh, I know there's a great testimony going to come from what troubling that this water has, God has bestowed on my family. So it's a blessing, but uh, it's tough. Hallelujah. But I thank him at the end of the day, in the morning, I still have my life, I still have my breath, and I I still have my anointing. I ask for forgiveness so God can anoint me all the time, every day. And uh, I am passionate about this word. So forgive me if I lose myself. Uh, But uh, God has done so much in my life. You can please please be seated, Keith. Uh, God bless you. Uh, uh, make me nervous. <laughs> oh, okay. And well, well, that's hey, that's <laughs> I, again. Those are troubled waters that I, I've been through too. So God bless. Uh, uh, I have sciatica, by the way. You know, and uh, it's hard to sit down sometimes. It's hard to stand up. <laughs> so, but but be blessed, in Jesus' name. Uh, that's another testimony God has blessed me with, but uh, that's basically what uh, what our lives are supposed to be about. Uh, we're supposed to testify about what God does in our life. Uh, they have courtrooms that have testimonies that people walk into those courtrooms and they have to testify with or against uh, the, the party that they're, you know, uh, are going to testify against. And sometimes they tell the truth, but uh, they take an oath. They they're supposed to tell the truth, and uh, that's what's so amazing about this testimony service we had the other day, uh, two weeks ago, and uh, what's what's drawn me to this is I wasn't, ex- excuse me, I wasn't expecting for this thing to happen in my life. I chose to look in the word about the testimony because it had such an impact. And then as I was doing my lessons on Monday, I'm starting to search the Bible, search the word. And uh, there was, let's just say a ruckus in the atmosphere. And uh, something happened in my family. And wasn't aware about it till today. After I gathered my notes about testifying, and uh, someone close to me who testified on that Sunday, just getting attacked. And God uses people in our lives in such a great way, and so. We can't be afraid to testify about what God does in our life because God is amazing. He does these things in our lives to prove ourselves. 
to put our our feet in the fire to be trusted with his word with the anointing with his truth with the joy that he gives unto us that we have to open our hearts and receive it the trust in him Let me get into the word here because the word is a lot stronger than what my testimony is, but I'll break up the testimony as far as what God has done in my life, how he continues to work in my life. I know it's from God because all these circumstances came together because of God and because how this person testified. What's so incredible how innocent this individual was when they testified. I asked all the time, why do you believe my granddaughter tells me? I seen what he did to you. I seen where you were at and I seen where you came from. Nothing in this world can change that. And I've been reminded before, you know, these are great programs they have in this world. I was I was reminded again as I was testifying at work today to an individual that some people consider a harlot. I was standing outside, and it was just so amazing. She told me, oh, yeah, I've been to AAA, and uh, so I commenced to tell her my AAA meeting I had with Jesus Christ. Not to shame her or tell her that it was less, you know, applicable for her and her life and her lifestyle, but when Jesus met me on my sofa... When he told me it was going to be okay, I shared that testimony with her, that I was going through bad withdrawals about alcohol and drugs, that I quit cold turkey two weeks prior to that. That was five years ago. And this is a part of my testimony. And I'll tell you, God worked in my life, took away all the pain, took away all the suffering, took away all the withdrawals, the shaking, the coldness. I felt like I was dying and Probably, medically speaking, I probably was. This is part of my testimony, and I commenced to talking to her about more of it. But in Revelations chapter chapter 22, verse 18 and 19, I have so many verses, and I know I'm not going to get to them all, but these are going to be the, the focal points In chapter 18, it reads, For I testify unto every man that heareth the words of the prophecy of this book. John was testifying, for he heard from an angel. And the word was given to us by the prophets and by the apostles, by the epistles by Paul, known as Saul, Timothy, the books. I just know that God testified his world to us through this word. He did it to every man that heareth the word of this prophecy of this book. And what people are trying to do in this world nowadays is change it. And so what God has written in this word, in this verse, if any man shall add unto these things, God shall add unto them, unto him, the plagues that are written in this book. Verse 19, and if any man shall take away from the words of this book, of this prophecy, God shall take away his part out of the book of life and out of the holy city 
and from the things which are written in this book, his prophecy. And he which testifieth these things saith, surely I come quickly. God is around the corner. We have to share our testimony. No matter how bleak it is or maybe how simple it may seem to us. When my granddaughter said the few words she said. She set off a chain reaction. In the spirit realm because we don't fight against these earthly things, fleshly things. It's the principalities. And it struck a chord in the heavens. Hallelujah, Jesus. It set angels aflight. They worshiped. Because these innocent children in this world need to hear a testimony. They might be scoffed. They might be laughed at. And in the word, it talks about this. Hallelujah. I find so much strength in those that are weaker than I am. Those that are so vulnerable. We don't know the things they're going through. Back in the day when I was young, you could say whatever you wanted to say. You might have a few people that might laugh at you. But nowadays, even the children are being taught how to be Satanists. I saw this study on some I know it's not from God. They opened a Satanist after school program for children at a school. And it blew me away. I was like, oh my goodness. The end times are near. And some of these children are being scoffed at and laughed at. And there's a true war in the heavens. It says it in Luke chapter 21, verse 13. Hallelujah. It's wonderful how the word of God can direct us from harming ourselves or harming people around us. But it doesn't really prepare the children for what's about to happen and take place in these schools. Not to say that the programs at the school are bad or all schools are bad. Don't get me wrong. There's a certain thing that's going on in this world that's very deceiving. And uh, the devil has his way about doing things. And he hides. And he lies. And he uses good things for bad. <clears throat> so we have to be careful and we have to be vigilant for our children's sake. And uh, granted, I... Uh, might say something off the wall that might offend somebody, which it doesn't take much to offend many people nowadays. But let's, let's push towards one goal, and that is for salvation for those that are lost in this world. As I spoke and testified to this individual, I thought, in my mind's heart, I thought that this person was lost and needed help to find God, and much to my surprise, she has been baptized in Jesus' name. She has backslidden, but still, she knew the call of God, and I told her exactly why I was there. It wasn't by chance. It was God's calling to bring her back, to help her to understand that we need to all seek God in that same earnest affair, effect. 
she has these ideas because she's been reading other things, you know, and I had another testimony for her. I told her I was backslidden too for 20 years, and I have been saved for the past five years, and I'm going to a great church, and I invited her. This time I did. I tell you, there's been a lot of people that I'm so interested in inviting, but I don't do it because they push away so quick, and they tell me about the churches they've been to, and they tell me they don't trust churches, and it's like I, I take a back you know, seat, and I'm like, well, maybe I shouldn't. God is coming. Jesus is going to take his church home. We have to call those. We have to invite them. I let her know it's right behind Chili's next to Walmart. Right in the corner, you'll see a big old sign. It says, Higher Purpose Church, Higher Pentecostal Church. And she's like, oh, I, I, I know what you're talking about. So maybe one day she'll show up. Show up. I invited her. So God bless her heart. But uh, that's what's so interesting about this world nowadays is that we all find a reason to leave church. We have an excuse. I know when I was in church 20-something years ago, my eyes were open to certain things. And that's, that's the one thing that I've realized, that no matter what, this flesh always fights against God. We always open our eyes to the the bad things around us. And this is where this verse comes in place in chapter 21, verse 12 and 13. It says, but before all these, they shall lay their hands on you and persecute you, delivering you up to the synagogues and into prisons, being brought before kings and rulers for my name's sake. And that's so true to what's happening in this world. The children are being subjected to to leaving what God is teaching them. And it shall be in verse 13, and it shall turn to you for a testimony. So the things that happened to us, the things that happened to me at this church, it wasn't a bad church at all. It was a great church. I was baptized there. And uh, it was in in West Palm. It's still a great church. And uh, God delivered me from sin. I was living a a drug-filled life. I was worshiping Satan because I totally backslid, not backslid, but uh, I was preacher's son. And again, this is another part of my testimony. And uh, in order for an understanding of where this verse is, is taking me and taking you is that uh, I saw different things in the church and uh, I wasn't being persecuted or anything like that. I wasn't, uh, I just wasn't feeling comfortable anymore. When I first was baptized and living for God for that first year, the honeymoon state stage and uh I tell you, it was a great feeling. Nothing bothered me. I was filled with the Holy Ghost. I was baptized in Jesus' name. I spoke in tongues, and I I worshiped God, and my eyes were set and fixed. But then slowly and gradually, there was individuals that would talk to me, and they weren't the holy of holies. They were part of the church. They weren't completely saved. They weren't, you know, preachers and ministers or, you know, Holy Ghost-filled people. They were just individuals in the church. And uh, I ran from the church because I felt that uh, if, if God brought me to this place, it just can't be right. And I, 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 I made it about me. And that was the biggest problem and the biggest mistake. And I took my children, and we left the church. And for 20 years, we were running from God. I was personally And it led me back into drugs and alcohol. And I didn't, because I knew God was real. I didn't worship Satan anymore. I knew Satan was real. And I knew that the devil was out there and the spirits in the spirit realm. If you do enough drugs and you drink enough, you'll find that that state of mind. You'll find that uh, evil place in the world. And and, uh, you'll see the demons. You'll see the devil. And you'll see death. And he's not shy to show himself. 
That's my testimony. I believe God is real because he showed himself to me by saving a sinner and forgiving him and forgiving me another chance. There's so many backslidden people out in this world we don't know about. And we bump into them casually on a regular basis. Pastor and I were passing out flyers right before the worship on the docks a few weeks ago. This man with a big old stogie, a big old cigar, we stopped, you know, and he looked like a biker, you know. He's one of those guys you wouldn't even think. We started to invite him, and he says, what do you believe? You know, we believe in Jesus Christ. He says, oh, you believe in the Holy Ghost speaking in tongues? Oh, yeah, we sure do. Little did we know this was a man who believed in the same ideas, the same God that we believe in, the same gospel. It was so amazing. He's backslidden. They need to hear the testimonies that Jesus will forgive them and bring them back home. Hallelujah. Jesus loved me enough to bring me back home, to show me the word, to give me an opportunity to share my testimony. God brought me into a beautiful place. So there's, there's so much hope, so much love in this place. God's spirit isn't shy about showing himself. God is so wonderful and blessed. Hallelujah. Filled with strength, encouraging. He'll take away that depression. He'll take away that anxiety. I don't have to smoke weed to be happy anymore or to hide from that depression or hide from that anxiety. I used to drink alcohol and do drugs to stop the pain in my back. And I thank God. I thank you, Jesus, for taking away that pain. I thank Jesus for healing my neck when I flipped the car and I ended up in the hospital with a broken neck. This is my testimony. Jesus healed me. I couldn't walk. I couldn't move my arms. I fell into a tree. God put that tree there for me. He knew what was going to happen at that moment. That tree is no longer there because I don't think anybody else with a broke neck is going to try to jump a fence there. (laughs) That's my God. I believe that tree was there for that moment. I believe that broken neck was given to me to remind me who's in charge. He is my holy God. He is my holy sanctified Savior. Hallelujah. There is only one way through, one way to him, and that is through the baptism of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. I love him. I love what he's doing. I'm going to continue to testify. It doesn't matter what happens in my life and my family. The devil can come along, take up my family. They can all, they can take me and, and put me in front of whoever they want to put me in front of and tell, and tell people that I'm a liar, I'm a, a cheater, a sinner, or whatever. But I'll tell you, I'll continue to testify that God is real. God is true. His blood sanctifies. His stripes heal. He changes our minds and our hearts through this spiritual this spiritual realm out here, it is a real place. <sighs> hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. <sighs> I closed my eyes at prayer one day. <sighs> In the spiritual realm, I opened my eyes. All I could see as I was praying in the spirit. I was speaking in tongues. I opened my eyes to an angel's feather wrapped around my eyes. All I could see was the beautiful coat of a feather telling me that I'm going to be all right. That everything that's going to happen from here forth, they have it under control. God sent a whole bunch of angels into the city of Stuart. He's got it under control. He's doing a great move. He's got his hands in everyone's lives. Have faith. He's in control. No matter how much that leg hurts, no matter how much that pain hurts, no matter how much those broken ribs or a broken neck can 
tingle a little bit. But I give the authority to God to heal it, to take away the pain, to sanctify it, to make me whole in the stripes of Jesus Christ by his wonderful word, by his wonderful testimony, by his wonderful preaching and teaching in his gospel. This is the word of God. This is the truth that will set man free. And many people in this world are trying to change it, trying to put things in it, trying to take things out trying to make it sweet. It's not not like that. The truth of the word hurts. I know I have to be chastised. I must be punished for some things that I do. I understand that. It says it in the word, and I'm okay with that. Because if I was running rampant and I sinned all the time and still ask God for forgiveness and he forgave me, I'd be spoiled. That's, there's nothing. You can gain nothing good out of being spoiled. We see that in this world. And these children run around, and I'm not saying every child. But they run around acting like they are, they're, that they are, you know, just above everybody else, better than everybody else. And uh, I just know that there's a better place and a better way to get the things you want. There's a better prayer. There's a better testimony out there that does so much more. I've heard so many testimonies from different pastors and reverends out there. And I mean, Lee Stone King was one of them. He died on an airport and he was uh, he was revived after about 15 minutes, I think it was. What a testimony. There's another guy who walked in this world and he cursed and he did nothing but bad things. And his testimony I heard and I was I was moved by it because it reminded me a lot of myself. And he's a great speaker, not to take anything from my pastor, but there are great speakers, great, great pastors out there and my pastor is young, but uh, God has blessed my pastor with so much testimonies. And I am blessed, and I'm moved by his testimonies. The one that really touches my heart when he says that he was going to uh, give his life to the devil if God didn't do anything in his life. Pastor, I know you're okay with this because you've done it to me plenty of times. Hallelujah. I love my pastor. Amen. Oh, man, thank God for good leaders. All churches have them. And uh, this Jeff Arnold, he, uh, he ran across different problems in his life, and he was a young man just like pastor when he came to the Lord. And Well, not as young as pastor, but uh, when pastor was teaching one time, he told me, or he, he used it on this pulpit about how he told God that he was going to give his life to the devil and uh, go to drinking and doing all these things. And uh, I, I think about it all the time when he says that, I think about what I did when I turned away from God. And uh, I was younger. Uh, I was 16, 15 years old. And uh, when I was eight years old, I was at the pulpit or at the altar at my dad's church, and uh, I turned from God because we left the church, and uh, as I got older, I, I became more rebellious, and not only against God, but against my own father at my house, and uh, I made that same promise. I told God, you got to show me something because I, I'm done with this. I can't live like this. Uh, there's people at my door. There's people threatening me and things like that, and I'm like, God, if you're real, I need to know it, and uh, God didn't answer me. See, we have a blessed pastor that God has blessed him with that answer and answered him. And so when I went to I went to rebelling against God, I started drinking. I turned against God, and I started drinking, and I started doing all kinds of things, drugs and stuff, and, and uh, experimenting with everything. And uh, uh, I ended up finding out. That death was real. The devil was devil. The devil. The devils in this world. 
you know, we give a lot of credit to one called Satan, and uh, he's got a lot of minions out there, let me tell you that. In order to get the attention of Satan, you have to do what we did in this two weeks ago, and that was turn our backs against the devil, let God know that he's in control, continue to testify that he is God Almighty, that he is the true and living God. And that is one thing that I realized when God came to me first. Actually, I I sought him. I had to find God. They say that God is everywhere. He's omnipresent. But I'll be honest with you. The devil can hide the truth right in front of your face. And it was in front of me. I had to go to the church. I was still scared. It was a uh, Bible study, like a Wednesday night, like tonight. And uh, God was working in my heart and my soul, and he was telling me, will you die for me? In my drug, drunken stupor, I thought for sure I was getting the guillotine, and this is the only way to make it to heaven. So I went to that church in, uh, in West Palm, and I thought I was going to die that day. And Jesus kept saying, you'll die for me? I said, yes, Lord, I will. I know how gruesome this world is. I know how cold people can be sometimes. We have to trust in the Lord. We have to trust in his word. Hallelujah. What's so amazing is that God opened the door. He accepted my apology. I repented. I turned from my sins that day, and he brought me out of darkness. He resurrected me and gave me a beginning. And I thank him for that. And I thank him for this second time around that God has given me an opportunity What's so amazing about this testimony is that God gave me another vision or another clear call this second time around after being out of the church for two or 20 years. Uh, I went to a service after I got all drugged up and drunken and uh, I sat in. Uh, I sat at my house the next morning course the party went the next to the next day I told all my friends all the family I told them this is it I'm going to church I'm changing my life if God wants something out of me this is his opportunity because I'm giving up and uh, I told him take me to a place I need to be and uh, I went to church that day it turned out to be a a revival I had to drive an extra few miles Uh, the service was postponed (laughs) I tried to make up excuses why I shouldn't be at the church. You know, I'm not going to make it. Uh, My mom was going to meet me there. She was like, I'm glad to hear you're doing all this. I'll I'll, I'll be your support. So I ended up uh, calling her and saying, hey, look, I don't think I'm going to make it. She says, well, you'll make it. They're having a revival. It's down in Palm Beach, and it's an hour and a half from now. So you got plenty of time. (laughs) God, that's God the same way he caught me with that tree. He caught me with this. There's so much life in your testimony. That tree that caught me was Jesus Christ on the cross. You know, if you think about the things that God does for you along the way, you can move mountains with the amount of faith that he builds up in your life. He, I could have been a quadriplegic in the hospital right now. But he healed me so I could be here to tell people about his wonderful grace and his so much love. These people that are backslidden, they have the same opportunity. So if there's anybody there that hears me online or out there in the world, I'm going to continue to practice these testimonies. But there is a specific place for you in this testimonies, not just mine, but when my 
grandchild tells me that, that she believes because she saw what God did in my life. And if that's the only thing that, she, that takes her to the next level, God did the work, not me. God made it happen, not me. God made these changes, not me. I was only in the service to hear what was about what God wanted from me. And when I was eight years old, around that age, I was at my dad's church and I went to the altar and I gave my life. I'm like, God, please, you know, and I'm doing an act. And uh, I'm a child I didn't know. And I just want to be like my dad. That's not what God wanted from me. And from that day forth, I was like, man, God doesn't want me. I'm not worthy. But what I didn't understand until now at an older age is that he was making something happen in my life to clarify what he meant in this word is that he doesn't need anybody just to, to be followers, but to be doers of the word. I could have followed my dad, but that's not what Jesus wanted. God wanted me to follow him, to be a disciple. Hallelujah. I thank the Lord. So when I went to this, I went to this revival and I asked God, you, you got to do something. I'm still high on drugs, still drunk. I'm still thinking about other, other things than being in the presence of God. I knew, you know, I, the devil thought he had his, his grip on me. And uh, that's far from the truth. When I sat there and I was listening to what God was using this preacher for, young preacher, probably as young as you, Pastor, and uh, was talking about when he was eight years old at the altar about how he was worshiping God and telling God, use me. I'm here, God. Use me. Fill me with the Holy Ghost. I need you. I want you. He said he left that service disappointed because God didn't answer his prayer. But see, this young man had an understanding. He listened. He didn't just walk away disappointed. God spoke to him. He had a lot more of the Bible in him than I did. And what Jesus told him, what God had told him, says, find a closet. He found a closet and God had worked in his life because he went alone in that closet and God filled him with the Holy Ghost. What Jesus was telling me through this minister is that I needed to find a closet. I needed to be alone. And I needed to find Jesus. For two weeks, I found that closet. Mind you, I was filled with the Holy Ghost the first time around, and I backslid. I thought that was the most incredible feeling in the world, that there was no way that that could be taught. I'll tell you what. Two weeks went by, reading the word, studying the word, being alone with Jesus, my Savior. What, what an emotional roller coaster. Because you hear about the word, about how they treated Jesus, about how they treated the disciples, how they treated the, the prophets. And I'm like, Lord, is this what's going to happen? In that verse I just read to you, they were all brought up to him to be chastised, to be judged against, to be spoken against. <sighs> Jesus asked me, will you die for me? <laughs> Lord, you know I will. I had to go back and start all over again. But when I was filled with the Holy Ghost this time, God cured so much of pain, of aggravation, of anger, and depression. And he took away all the, the, the withdrawals from me, all the anxiousness of what I needed to do. <laughs> he just said, continue to pray. Continue to spread my love, joy, peace. 
be a positive light in this world. No matter what comes against you, let it be that testimony that strikes a chord with all those. So I went around the neighborhood five years ago, planted seeds in people's hearts. And I had totally forgot about this woman. <laughs> and I didn't know that she was saved. There were certain individuals that had healings done. This guy with Crohn's disease, God blessed him and healed him. Guy with cancer healed him. I prayed for him. Not that I healed them, but God healed them. Because I testified and I told them what God did in my life. The guy with Crohn's disease, I was fasting. I don't glorify in the fasting. Trust me, fasting is not fun. But it's what God does when you're fasting. It's so just so phenomenal. It's miraculous. As I was fasting, I, God told me, go home, go rest. God's voice is a lot clearer when you're fasting. I, I was moved by God, and he tells you, go home, rest. You need rest. So I go home and I rest. This is how powerful our testimonies are. This man with Crohn's disease, his name is Luke. He's still out there. I've seen him on, on uh, one of those. Uh, signed up for, what was it, that chat. And uh, he got hurt, his ankle. I was going to reach out to him. And... Uh, um, Anyway, I, I went to go rest. I laid down, and I took a nap. It's the middle, middle of the day, and uh, I'll tell you, when you fast, you, you got to rest sometimes. Uh, but uh, the good Lord, and I, 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 I'm not exaggerating when I tell you, I got shoved. I'm like, what's going on? I woke up. He says, you need to go back to work. I step out the door. I go outside. And there's Luke. He's going to go check his mail. And I'm like, hey, what's going on, Luke? He says, hey, man, I really appreciate it. I want you to know I need to testify. I said, what happened? He says, my Crohn's went into remission, and it's healing. I said, well, praise God. He says, yeah, I know. Praise God, right? He's awesome. But he carried on. He says, listen, you didn't know this about me. But I'm backslidden. I'm like, man. And I think there's a special place for backslidden people in this world nowadays for Jesus in, 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 in God's realm right now. He has set aside these people for certain times such as these. And it's important that we testify because we don't know who we're touching. We don't know who we're moving. We don't know. We don't know their history. But until you start talking to him and testifying more and more, and I didn't realize how serious and how deep and how intense this testimony was necessary for these individuals. I started to realize I need to testify more. I just told him about the drug times. I just told him about how God delivered me, how God did this and not that. And it's important to let people know but there are certain parts in, in, in the, you know, just uh, you call them tidbits of your life. But there are certain uh, chapters of your life that God sustains you for a reason. And that's just a separate testimony. And so when I flipped my car and broke my neck, I was in sin. I went looking for God then because I knew when he, he raised me from that, that, uh, that uh, medical office bed, uh, the gurney they set me in. They put me in a room, and normally they just put you in a room just in case you might make it. And uh, they wanted to see because they put enough money into me, and uh, they left me there. And again, I got a little shove, got up because God told me. 
go home. God speaks. He's speaking to us. He wants us to come home. He needs us to be open to him. Hallelujah. You are wonderful, Jesus. There are some wonderful things that are happening in our lives. In those people, in the lives of the people around us. I tell you, it's an amazing thing what God does with our testimonies. That time that I flipped the car, broke my neck, and left the hospital when I went home, I went to churches all around the place. And I tell you, there's just no no place, no place like where God sends you. You know, I could tell you the the higher Pentecostal or the higher purpose Pentecostal church is the place to go. But I heard someone close to me say, it doesn't matter where you go, but you've got to find God. Find God. If you look for God, he will send you to that place where he's going to find you, where he's going to accept you. And he's going to wrap his feathers around you. He's going to let the angels embrace you and protect you, watch over you, build faith in you, steal, steal the storm when it's time to. Lord Jesus, don't steal the storm. Don't, don't quiet the storm for me now, Lord. I need your faith. I need my faith built up. When they start pushing and shoving and saying that I'm not following that God their God, their righteousness. My God is real and true. I find him in this book. I find him in the word. Hallelujah. There's so much scripture. Hallelujah. In John chapter 3, verse 3, or in John chapter 3, verse 32 through 34, and what he has seen and heard, that he testifieth, and no man receiveth his testimony. He that hath received his testimony hath set to his seal that God is true. For he whom God has sent speaketh the words of God, for God giveth not the Spirit by measure unto him. And what I understand, we all have the Holy Ghost in us. And if God has given us the authority to to raise up an army in this world, it's going to be of truth, of his word, of his Savior, of the Lamb, Jesus Christ, who died on the cross. It was by his measure unto him that he did that. We have that same spirit in us. I think about it all the time. I I have no authority over anything. It is through God's authority, through his testimony, through Jesus Christ, who's given us life. It is so amazing where he brings us from, and where he takes us to. Hallelujah. I'm going to close in this verse, and uh, I'll tell you, my testimony is nothing compared to some others. There's a man in in the UPCI, which is our organization, and his name is uh, Reverend Easter. And his testimony was about him bouncing around in the bars and whatnot. And uh, he was saved. And he was in church. And he, I think what it was, he had an aneurysm. He was saved already. You think that we are, you know, not prone to getting sick or having problems or issues and stuff like that. But I think God builds faith in us by, you know, subjecting us to, to small things. We ask for it, you know. We test God. Say, hey, Lord, you know, 
I need to do this job. And I pushed myself too much, and I ended up hurting my back. That's how I ended up with sciatica because, of course, I didn't listen to God when he told me to rest. <laughs> Amen. Uh, I will learn how to overcome this allergy issue. I tell you, uh, I, it was which one was it? Uh, chapter eleven or verse eleven. In chapter, in Revelations, chapter 12, verse 11, and the word reads, And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they loved not their lives until the death. We need to respect our own testimony. Because if the Lord Christ lives inside of us and the Holy Ghost gives us guidance and allows us to go to certain people, like the people that I'm telling you, backslidden, uh, even the young, God can use us, use our testimony, and allow us to move those people that need to be moved, to be shaken, and to allow God to work in their lives, and to bring them back, back to the foe, because he leaves the hundred, or leaves the 99 to go and and get that one, but I'm telling you, there's a lot more than one, but uh, it's okay if God sends us to retrieve that one. We have to listen. We have to be obedient to the Spirit of the Lord and uh, to understand his wonderful work and his wonderful will, his gospel, and how Jesus Christ works in our lives. He's in our midst right now, and the altar is open for anybody who wants to lay down sin, to lay down, ask God to improve that testimony, to make it perfection, to make it righteous unto those that are lost in the world, that only God knows how it needs to be said sometimes. We can really mess things up sometimes when we get to to be too anxious and we get rambunctious. And uh, I tell you, there's plenty of times that I skip over many parts of the of my testimony. And uh, I think tonight was the first time I actually said the whole testimony from beginning to end, from eight years, from backslidden now to being with Christ for five years and what God's doing now in the present. And he's still working in my life. I thank the Lord Almighty God that he hasn't given up on me and he hasn't given up on anybody out there. He's giving everybody an opportunity. So please take take your liberty at this altar. Allow God to work in your life. Allow God to bless you. Allow God to perfect your, your testimony, your witness. Hallelujah, Lord Jesus. We love you and I thank you, Lord, for what you're doing in this church and how you're blessing us all.